It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Boston Celtics played basketball on Sunday night, and uh, that doesn't really matter much. And uh, today we're going to do something uh, a little bit different. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com. I'm a beat writer covering the Boston Celtics on a daily basis for you. I got your podcast Monday through Friday here. And today, this Monday show comes after a, a loss to the New Orleans Pelicans, 123-108. But it comes after a greater loss of Kobe Bryant, which is impossible to understand at the moment. The, the fact that I'm saying the death of Kobe Bryant is shocking. Um, so obviously, there's no Millie's intro Obviously, there's nothing else here. I'm, I'm going to – I'll talk a little bit about the game here. But what I'm going to share with you guys is post-game, the reaction from Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, and Kemba Walker. And I'll just give you the whole thing, all of their media availabilities uh, – they each spoke for three or four minutes. Um, I will share Brad Stevens as well. And that'll be it. Like, uh, this is, a, this is a, a real tough day. So let's just start with this. The Boston Celtics played basketball. And they, I don't think they should have played basketball. I think that they should have been, uh, this is just too, the gravity of this is too big. I mean, you have a guy that's 41 years old. Shit, he's younger than me. Killed tragically with his daughter, a 13-year-old girl, and seven other people, I believe another child, at least one. I I can't even keep track of the actual details. So you have a tragic loss of life, and a a guy that, for all of these players in the NBA, these these young guys, these twenty-something-year-old guys, I mean, he's Brad Stevens said before the game, he's their Jordan, and he kind of is. He's the, he's the guy that they looked up to and emulated, mimicked, wanted to be like, and to play a game for any of these guys so soon after hearing about the loss of one of the greats of the game. I think it might have been too much. And it looked like it on the floor. Uh, I think a couple of the Celtics might have taken taken things. Maybe, uh, I don't want to say it that way. Maybe they weren't able to cope with how hard it was as well as maybe some of the Pelicans. And I, I think that's where this this loss starts we can we can say it's very formulaic Celtics struggle defensively uh, don't shoot well it affects their defense and they certainly didn't shoot well uh, ultimately they finished eight of 33 from the field uh, in this uh, from from three in this game but look they shot one of nine from three in the first quarter they shot uh, two of eight from three in the second quarter. So their first half, they were at just under 
percent. They stepped it up in the in the third, and they finished the the second half. As I rifle through some of these statistics, with a little bit of a better shooting percentage from three, five of sixteen in the second half. Uh, but that tends to lead to defensive lapses, and that's a problem. Uh, it continues to be a problem. I, and but again. I think part of part of what led to some of those defensive lapses as well was just some really bad, uh, uncharacteristic mistakes. Guys just didn't know who they were covering, where the person they were covering was. There was a play early in the third quarter. It was an inbound play underneath the Pelicans' basket. And none of the Celtics covered. I forget who it was on the baseline. It was just an easy inbound pass for one dribble and a dunk. And everybody's just looking at each other like, what? Um, There's a play later in the game where Marcus Smart had Zion Williamson and and left him and no one rotated back to cover. And I think that was Jalen Brown's guy. Jalen Brown, after the game, you'll hear it, said, you know, I I made a lot of mistakes. He admitted it. He, He did not play a particularly great game, although offensively his numbers looked okay. Shot 50%, 8 of 16. Not great from three, but, you know, a 20-point night uh, isn't the worst thing in the world. Two turnovers, not bad, but didn't do much else. Two rebounds, and assist. It was, you know, offensively he was okay, but that's about it. And so I mean, we could just kind of... Leave it at that. The Celtics were unfocused, undisciplined defensively, and it cost them. Um, we saw Zion Williamson, who is just about everything is advertised. Uh, the fact that he had seven offensive rebounds went to show that the Celtics just weren't focused and they weren't getting a body on him. Uh, a bunch of those offensive rebounds came off of like his own misses, um, which shows that he's also unpolished. I'm, what's he, 19 years old? In eight years, when he reaches his prime, (laughs) how scary is that? His prime is eight years away. He's going to be one scary dude. If he can stay healthy, hope he does, because that's going to be that's going to be wild to see him like coordinated, finished, polished, maybe with a jumper. Holy shit, that's going to be scary. Um, uh, That's about it. I mean, Kemba Kemba had a pretty decent game. I thought Gordon played well. Uh, Daniel Tice, uh, the one thing I will say about Zion, he's got to stop pushing guys in the back when, they, when they're when they jumping. That's a dirty play, and he almost he almost really hurt Daniel Tice. Uh, the way Daniel Tice landed on that dunk, and it doesn't take much. Zion, It's not like Zion full arm extended, but just a little nudge in the back when a guy's jumping is enough. And you saw, I've said this before on the podcast, you you, you don't need to do much, and that, hurt, that can hurt a guy. And so... Uh, that I have a problem with. But luckily, Daniel Tice is okay. I thought he might have hurt his knee, but uh, he had a decent game. He shot 7 of 10, had 15 points, 9 rebounds, uh, a couple of block shots. Um, so that's the game. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm, not, I'm not interested in talking about basketball anymore. I'm kind of done with it. Uh, today has been a rough day. Um, it's shocking. It's it's horrible. It writing these stories 
and having to write out the death of Kobe Bryant is just horrible. I, I can't even begin to like I'm I'm kind of like half here, and that's me, just an outside observer. I can't imagine with these guys who have had personal relationships. I can't imagine what Jason Tatum is going through. That that dude was Jason Tatum's hero. I can't imagine what he's going through. So I'm going to take a break, come back, and there will be more of uh, you'll get reaction. And I'll introduce the, the who's talking, and that's going to be it for the rest of the podcast. So stick around for more Locked On Celtics. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked on NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things that is very confusing for a basketball player is when your sanctuary is taken away. Um, One of the things that we all do when when things get hard, we go to a basketball court and we play basketball. And tonight was a weird night where basketball wasn't the sanctuary. Basketball was almost the problem. Being anywhere but a basketball court is kind of it kind of felt kind of felt wrong to be on a basketball court. But the guys did it. Agree or disagree with the decision the NBA made? I disagree with it, but you know my my opinion is that I I feel like because the Houston game was they were already in their warmups, ready, full arena, concessions being sold, guys taped up, too too close. They've crossed the Rubicon. By the time all of the full gravity of everything was was understood. And they played a game. They, if, if that game wasn't already at that point, I don't know if they would have played the rest of these games. But because that first game was that they were like in too deep and they played it, 
I think they said, hey, well, if we're playing basketball, then we're playing basketball for the rest of the day. And if these guys got to deal with it, then everybody's going to have to deal with it. And, every, and, and that's it. That's my feeling. That's how it feels. So, but these guys went out and they played. And uh, you can tell that they weren't fully there. So, let's start with Brad Stevens after the game. Brad, what were the challenges? I mean, with everything going on pregame, getting out there today, and do you feel like your players were a little... Both teams. Spent? Both teams are going to be emotionally spent. Um, um, so, you know... Obviously, that's difficult, but um, credit New Orleans. I thought they played great, um, very physical. They obviously killed us in the paint. Um, and uh, in transition, we had some miscues where we where we just lost guys. We just did some uncharacteristic things. Do you feel like games should have been played today? Uh, not my call, John. You know, I think the, the thing... Um, the thing that I would say is that, you know, for a lot of these guys, basketball is a sanctuary and being on the court is a sanctuary. Um, and, um, you know, if if people got to watch those games and watch the 24-second violations and and they got to appreciate that as fans, then, you know, I think we are, are happy to do whatever we're asked to do. You know, I, don't, I think that's a hard call either way. Since they're deciding to do those 24-second shot there was a communication between the teams? Alvin walked into my office and said, let's do this. I said, it sounds great. What was going through your mind in those moments, and what were you feeling? I mean, it, was a, it was obviously a beautiful tribute. I'm sure they had it all around the league. Um, yeah, obviously, I was the same as everybody else. You know, very, you know, very sad. You talk about basketball as a sanctuary, but... For a lot of these guys, the basketball might not have been today. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's that's fair. I'm not again, it's not my call to say whether we play or not. So we 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 knew that there was you know, you know at least that was being discussed. But um, at the end of the day, um, you know, if again it brings some somebody somewhere, um, you know, a little bit of a distraction and you know, and an otherwise tough day, then that's okay too. Gordon Hayward shared his thoughts. He had a personal connection with Kobe Bryant. Like he, you'll hear, he played against him. When Hayward was injured, he got a message. Kobe Bryant shared a message on Instagram uh, of support, and there were private messages as well. They worked out together. Um, Gordon Hayward did not look well. After the game, he, I, I feel like he was fighting back tears. So here's Gordon. Yeah, I man, I didn't know that it was real, um, to be honest. I definitely had to look it up for myself. Um, it's, I was heartbroken. Uh, heartbroken for his family. Um, I mean, being a father, it's, you know, my stomach was hurting. Um, it still is hurting. So uh, I just... Um, there's nothing that you can say to make it better, but certainly, um, you know, praying for him and his family, and um, I mean, it's, it's just so tragic. So it's, it's not, it's not. It was, it was tough today. It was definitely tough. I've had a relationship with him, and he's been nice enough to, you know, take his time. I took his time out and showed me things, would text me, the message that he sent me, and. Um, so, I mean, it was tough. 
can, can you explain, uh, and it was obviously for all the players on both sides, but just how difficult is it to play a game so soon, a few hours after right. you hear something like that? Uh, man, like I said, my stomach was still hurting, and um, it was hard to play today. And I think mentally there was a lot of guys that were not themselves um, with the news, and um, you know I don't blame them. So it's 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 uh, very very tough. Is there a moment or memory that sticks out to you specifically that you had with COVID? Um, there's a lot. Um, you know, lucky enough to be able to play against him. Like I said, he, I took a week out and went to Newport and trained with him. And, um, you know, the messages, I still have all the emails saved. And so I don't know if there's one. I mean, it's, I think growing up watching him, you know, and um, a lot of us in the NBA now, you know, watched him and idolized him. And so, I mean, it's, I, I don't know if there's, there's one. It wouldn't have bothered me at all if we didn't play. I, like I said, I didn't really feel like playing today. I, I think that he would have wanted everybody to play. Um, but I don't think anybody on either team would have mind if we didn't. You know, so. Your basketball is a sanctuary for many people. Easy once you got out there. It was different today. Like I said, I think being a father too, I mean, my heart is just broken for his wife and his other daughters. And so um, I think everybody that's a father understands that, or a mother, you know, so it, it was difficult. They're worried about him traveling and news, in light of Kobe Bryant news. Is that a conversation you could be having with your daughters? Um, I don't think my daughters probably know what happened, um, but certainly, I mean, it's something where that's why every time you leave, you want to say goodbye. And, you know, it's tough. It's really tough. So. Thanks, Gordon. You know, it's hard for a guy like Gordon to not put himself in that position. You're a basketball player who travels and flies all the time. You've got daughters just like Kobe. You take private jets because you can. You fly places because it's convenient. It's easy on your personal life. You know, places maybe that we would drive or take a train and these guys can can fly. They can do things like take a helicopter or a private jet. And here's Gordon doing everything similar with young kids, young daughters. It's you can hear him say it. It's hard. And I can't imagine what he must be thinking. It's very tough. Up next Jalen Brown and Kimball Walker will react. We'll be right back. Jalen Brown is one of those young guys that idolized Kobe Bryant just like he idolized. I mean, he talks about Tracy McGrady, as you'll hear. But Kobe is one of those guys. He's a hero 
to, to these players. You know, Jalen's Jalen is, is in his early 20s. So you go back to 10 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, 15 years ago, he was a young kid, barely able to understand basketball. You know, by the time he got to like 10 years old, Kobe Bryant was knee deep in his career, you know, and he was molded on Kobe Bryant's NBA and those those guys. So here's Jalen. Jalen, when, when you found out that you guys were each, both teams were going to do the 24-second violations and then you're in the middle of doing it out there, just what's going through your head as a player when that's happening? Um, it's tough. Um, Kobe inspired the game so much and you know to hear the news with him and his daughter is like um i woke up from a nap today and i don't think i'll ever forget you know where i was at the time it was and things like that because you know it's the last thing you wanted to hear the last thing you expected to hear um but you know it's tough well to be honest i always i stole his free throw routine um um, the one, two, three with the spin. Yeah, I was doing this free throw routine, but um, man, he's. I'm in a loss for words, to be honest. But uh, a part of like, why you know I picked up to play basketball was because of because of him. He inspired so much and was so tough that I never got to shake his hand. You know, that's what kills me the most. Uh, I was looking forward to that day. Um, never got to meet Kobe Bryant. Never got to play against him. Um, but extremely inspired and and honored. You know to just be able to, to play and be able to, you know, celebrate his name. Um, it's tough. Was it, was it hard to play too much? Um, yeah, it was hard to play. It, it was tough. Um, I, I take a lot of the blame, a lot of the responsibility, the things that I do well, the things that I do great. I didn't do great today. Um, it was just one of those games. Um, definitely got to look forward to getting it back tomorrow. I don't want to let this be, you know, pick up or let this be, you know, something contagious we got to shake it off and get ready to the next one the things that i do well i didn't do well today so i take a lot of the responsibility that's on me i got to be better i got to hold myself accountable and the rest of our, our team we got to um, pick each other up so um, next game i'm looking forward to it what about him and the way that he carried himself the way that he played inspired you um everything you know um it, for me it was his mentality um, my first game that I ever asked my mom to go to, like my favorite player growing up was, was T-Mac and, and Tracy McGrady. But when I asked my mom to give me tickets to go to a game, um, it was a Kobe Bryant game. You know, it's his mentality, his thirst to win, you know, all of that type stuff that, you know, you saw and felt, you know, when he was out there, you know, how he carried himself like a champion and everything he did. And that mindset is still going to remain forever. That Mamba mentality is going to be around forever you know um so rest in peace to him and his family rest in peace to gg um pray, prayers up to, to, to vanessa and the rest of those guys uh truly a sad day as a rep for the players association was there any talk about did they ask you guys about playing canceling games today um no nah, that wasn't a, a conversation that i i was uh, aware of or in the mix with but um it was definitely a tough tough thing to do um, and um, we came up short today. Um, I would imagine that Jason really having a tough time with this. He grew close to him over you know, his, his time in the league and whatnot. What did you guys say to try to console him during the tough time? Uh, I just dapped him up and uh, put my hand on his head. I didn't really, we didn't have to really say much, but uh, I know 
you know, he looked up to him. He was inspired by him. He got to work out with him. And um, I know I know what he was probably feeling in that moment. You know, for me, you know, I never got the chance to shake his hand and just tell him thank you for how much, you know, he inspired me, you know, growing up playing a game of basketball and how much he's inspired many. So it's tough for, it's tough for all of us. I know it's tough for Jason. Um, being able to be have him as his mentor, it's, it, it was probably an honor for him. So um, it's tough. I, I really don't have anything much to really say. And it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to kind of find a silver lining in this, you know what I mean? So um, it's tough. Finally, uh, Kemba Walker shares his thoughts. Kemba, such an emotional day. What are the emotions of the passing of Kobe Bryant? Um, I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough. Um, you know, Kobe's a guy who's impacted, you know, so many lives and so many basketball players, you know, around the world. And, you know, to, to, to hear the, the news, you know, about him and his daughter today was... It's, it's, it's tough, you know, for everyone. Uh, I'm just sad. Yeah. How did he specifically impact your life, Kemba? Uh, well, you know, I, I was blessed enough to meet Kobe at a young age uh, when I was in high school. My high school, we were actually a Kobe team. Uh, so, you know, just just to see him, you know, you know, just his his presence, you know, had an impact on me and. You know, you just always knew how hard he worked. Um, and that was the biggest thing for me was his work ethic and his mentality of about the game. Um, you know, that's what's inspired me the most, um, you know, personally. Um, so yeah. How challenging was it to go out there and actually play? It was. It was pretty tough. You know, it was pretty tough. You know, both teams had to play though. Um, you know, a lot of credit and respect to the Pelicans. They played super well, man. They. They were great tonight. Um, I know it was tough on, on both teams, you know, to have to go out there and play after that kind of news. Um, like I said, you know, Kobe's a hero to, you know, so many basketball players. Um, that's just not something that a lot of us, you know, was expecting and, you know, just wanted to hear. So, like I said, you know, just condolences to his family. Um, you know, I just want to let them know that, you know, we love Kobe, we, we respect him, uh, respect the family. Um, and I hope they do well. Do you think you should have played tonight? I mean, we, like I said, both teams played, you know. We, we had to, you know. We had to. You know, we had to go out there and do our jobs. Um, so, yeah. Can you explain what the feeling was in the locker room and what the atmosphere was? Because this, this happened, like, right before you guys got into your pregame routine. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty down. I mean, which is, I'm pretty sure it's expected. I'm pretty sure it's like that on both. I'm pretty sure it's that way everywhere. You know, just quiet and I think everyone is just still in shock, you know. We just tweeted yesterday, you know, for LeBron, man, you know. Like, it just happened so suddenly. So. You're talking about basketball being a sanctuary. What's it like when that may not be the case? When getting on the floor is actually... Uh, like I said, it's, it's, 
it's tough, but you know we weren't, we weren't the only team out there. You know, two teams out there and have to go out there and compete and you know play a game that we love. And you know, for me, I kind of looked at it as I'm pretty sure Kobe would want us to play. You know, because that's the kind of fierce competitor he was. And you know, he just has so much respect around this league and. You know, from players around the world, from fans around the world. Uh, man, we, we love Kobe, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you There's not much more to add. A lot of these details are still going to be learned as far as what happened, how it happened, and all of that. Um, all I can say is, Life is fleeting. Um, you, it, it takes sometimes, unfortunately, tragedies like this to remind us because we get knee deep in our own bullshit every day that we forget how quickly it can be taken away. So a lot of people say this, but, you know, Make that call to your mom or your dad, family member, loved one. Don't say I'll do it tomorrow. Do it now. Do it when you can. Say the things that you mean because you never know if you'll miss an opportunity. tough and this stuff happens all the time and you know we get caught up in it because of Kobe it happened to Kobe but it's it's reminders like this that that tell us you never know and you don't want to have those regrets so I'm going to tell you guys that I love that you listen, and this show is a big part of my life. I'm not just doing the show because I want to create content or be that – like I'm just – I do the show because I love talking basketball, and so the fact that you guys listen, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the fact that this is – the people come up and say hi and that it means something to people, so thank you. Um, and hopefully, we get to do this again, over and over again, for a long time. So thank you, and we'll get back to more basketball, hopefully tomorrow, on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.